We often have a vision for the course of our lives, and yet a large or small chance occurrence or encounter or engagement with new ideas can change our lives forever. We have invited some fascinating people from all walks of life to tell us how they reacted and found meaning in the unexpected. I'm Roberta Panjwani, and this is A Bend in the Road. So we have a wonderful episode for you today. This is the beginning of 2024, and we just wanted to start on a really uplifting, life-affirming note. And what could be better than talking with um, some folks who work very closely with animals? And um, we here at the Ridgewood Library, we have the most amazing therapy dog program that my colleague Victoria Schnoor runs, and it's just incredible. Um, these, uh, you know, therapy dogs—they read with children, ESL students, um, students—they help out when they're High school kids are studying for midterm exams and really stressed out. And there's just something that changes with all of us when an animal walks into the library, whatever you're going through. It's just like something happens. Our white blood cells are, you know, it's just really, really powerful. Um, And Victoria and our guest today, Isa Stevens, they have the same problem. When they walk into work, they have to build in sometimes (laughs) 10 extra minutes, right? Like you cannot get in this library or in the police station without stopping and just basically serving so many of your, your colleagues and, and people as you're coming in. So um, I'm just so glad that we have, we have uh, Victoria's going to join us for a couple minutes and then uh, I'll introduce you to, um, to Isa. But Victoria, if you want to just uh, tell us really quickly about the Ridgewood Library's uh, Read to a Dog program and, um, and just what that's meant to you and the kids and families you've worked with. Well, I just have to begin by saying it's probably one of the most rewarding things that I'm involved with, aside from ESL. Um, but it's actually something that has incorporated both of my loves. So Read to a Dog serves children from pre-K to grade five, generally. Um, but we have a number of ESL students that utilize the library, and a lot of their children come and take advantage of the Read to a Dog program to practice their English skills. So that's been really, really wonderful. Um, We also have special needs children who take advantage of the program, children who are just practicing their reading and want a non-judgmental audience to listen to them, and also children who are afraid of dogs sometimes take advantage of this as well. So it's been very therapeutic to all of us (laughs) for the dogs to visit and to these particularly to these children who have a phobia and I see them overcoming it, not just with their fear of dogs, but with maybe with their fear of reading, um, that they're really, they're just overcoming this, this big obstacle and it's, it's wonderful. So aside from read to a dog, we do have the therapy dogs come for special programs. We have a couple of seeing eye programs that we do every year. And that has been so educational to our staff and to the people who come to visit. It's really amazing what the Seeing Eye does. Um, And as Roberta mentioned, we have the dogs come for finals and for midterms to (laughs) de-stress. And we always have requests from our students to bring the dogs. So they'll be here in January for midterms. (laughs) That's wonderful. And then, so so I just wanted to take this whole field like a, even a step further with the kind of work that that people like our guest today, Isa Stevens, um, uh, do. Um, 
I'm going to play a clip right now of, of Isa with her wonderful dog, Hoku, who is in the cage as we, as we speak. It's the most beautiful thing to just see you sitting there with your companion. And before she was doing this big back stretch, it was like <laughs> yoga situation. And now she's listening and she's here. So I'm going to play a clip of, of the two of you in action and, um, and then we'll go from there. What was the name again? Hopefully. Oh, you like you. It's H-I-T-U. Yes, you like Ashley. Go visit right here. Go visit. Go visit. Go visit. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're so cute. Hello. Wait, she's just the best. I love her. She's getting so big. You know your name, don't you? Go say hi. Come here. Come here. Yes. Go visit. Go visit. Go. Go visit. She's not leaving. <laughs> That's such a great clip. Um, so, Isa, you're a victim advocate uh, for the Orem Police Department in Utah. And yes. I first heard about you um, on an NPR um, interview. And it was just so wonderful. Like, And then there were other colleagues and other people who do similar work. So I just thought I really need to meet you. And I just really wanted you to be um, you know, a guest here today. So before we get into the kind of work you do, we always start by asking our guests, you know, about a bend in the road. Um, what sort of significant um, change happened that, that altered the trajectory of where you thought your life was going? So you graduated from college about two years ago with a degree that had nothing to do with this field. And mm-hmm. I just want to know what happened. <laughs> so I graduated with my degree in exercise science and I I originally wanted to be an athletic trainer. I got pregnant and I was like, you know, at school, I just want to be done with school. Um, And after I got my exercise science degree, uh, my dad is a law enforcement officer and he ended up moving to the same state that I was living in at the time. And he told me about these victim advocates, which we didn't have in our state, our home state. Um, And I kind of got into looking to it into it and the chips kind of fell where they needed to fall. I ended up applying for the job and I got the job. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm here happily working, um, with law enforcement officers and trying to make sure that victims are respected and protected and heard. Oh, that's fantastic. And then how did you, I know when you first wanted to, to get a dog and train, there were certain restrictions or parameters, you know, owning a home and all of that. How long did it take you to actually get to where you are today with Hoku? You know what? Quicker than I thought. I met this, um, when I actually started pushing for it, I decided in May And we ended up getting her September 8th. So May, June, July, August, September, four months. It was really quick. Okay. That's incredible. And then just the response has been amazing. Like within your, my, I have a, a brother who's a police officer and whenever very traumatic things happen, they finally, they have counselors who come in and talk with officers when they've witnessed, you know, the most horrific you know, shootings and things that, that you're working with all week long. And it really has made such a difference, um, you know, he says. So what what is that like? Like, we'll talk about you know, the, you know, the victims and the clients you work with, but just among the staff, like all day long, are people kind of touching base and coming into your office here and there when they all need? All the time. Yeah. Okay. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have, um, sometimes I bring her out potty. 
Um, and after her potty break, she gets some socialization. Then we have people who that come inside of our office just to see Hoku when I'm going in and out with her or even just going to get a client. Um, people are always stopping by to say hi. So it's a really heartwarming yeah. experience. Oh, that's wonderful. So you can kind of like walk us through, um, you know, maybe a general scenario or two when you're working with maybe like the facil- the courthouse dogs or on the scene of, you know, the most, you know, like a, a suicide or a shooting or, you know, just the kinds of things that you would take her. Can you give us a few different scenarios? So right now she's not fully certified as a service dog quite yet. So right now I try to keep her as much as possible under under wraps so that she's supervised and she can handle the emotions um, at such a young age. So for now I have, we have clients that come in um, victims of crime that come in and sit down and do protective orders with us. They disclose a lot of different hard events, or maybe they want to re-explain something or clarify something that maybe wasn't in the police report. Um, and she stays here as long as she's had her potty break. Sometimes she'll come out of the kennel, um, and she'll just give her love to <laughs> the victims of crime. And it's, it's super cool to see. We've had a couple of sisters come in and they are, you know, they've both gone through such hard, you know, abuse, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And I can just see them light up when they see Hoku, uh, we had a different event the other day where um, this this other girl comes in and she, you know, she's being stalked. She's being harassed. Her mom comes in and their whole demeanor just changes when they see the dog. You know, it's kind of a somber moment when they walk into the police department. But when they come in in my office and they they, they see the dog, they immediately light <laughs> up. And that's such a beautiful thing. That's incredible. Because, like, you you obviously, you and your colleagues can't, like, you can't do the physical comfort or affection for obvious reasons. But so then in, in comes Hoku and service dogs yeah. to sort of do that yeah. part for you, right? I think it was in the interview. Sometimes it gets really awkward. We're not... We're not um, restricted in any way to have any kind of physical contact, like hugging, um, or embracing. Oh, okay. um, I just know sometimes it's, it is awkward for other people. We're coming in stressful situations and here comes a stranger. Sometimes it's just better to have a neutral party such right. as an animal or service animal like Hoku come in and be that physical touch for them. Right. right. That's wonderful. And there's another, um, there's another level, uh, psychiatric service dogs. Can you tell us about that? So that's, that's a whole different, like a step above a you know, like a therapy animal and they provide various things like uh, deep pressure therapy. Yes. Yeah. So tell so us yeah, about the, the, the therapy journey. animals are great. Um, they're able to come in and they're super well mannered. Um, psychiatric service dogs, uh, service dogs are actually serviced um, for a specific person or a specific um disability or illness um you of course you got the seeing eye dogs right psychiatric service dog they tend specifically for anxiety depression um ptsd mm-hmm. um there's a statistic that was shown that 51 to 75 percent of women that experience dv or just partners um, in domestic violence, they experience PTSD or PTSD symptoms. Um, and these PTSD symptoms can inhibit them from part, 
potentially participating in um, the police process, right? And so this is where we kind of bring in a service dog to make sure that they feel comforted, that they feel respected and protected and heard like our our victim advocate, um, our, our purpose, right? To help others. And so they come in and make sure that these victims of crime receive the attention and help right. That's that they need. And how um, in, in Utah, like what is the situation now with, with programs like this in your area? And, you know, and how would you like, do you encourage other departments to start a program oh, all the time? 100%. Yeah. I was talking to somebody on the East Coast who actually kind of helped me with this process. And he said, this is the future, mm. which is a really cool thing. He said, dogs in the police department, not only for drug or bomb or bite uses, this for therapy use this right, is right. the future right. um it's kind of cool to kind of hop on board and there's been a few before us i've talked to one from west jordan there's one from ogden of course you know the one from salt lake city um there used to be one implemented here at our children's justice center in provo um and that dog no longer is in service but it's cool to kind of see things pick up right. american fork has their therapy animal um Utah County Sheriff's Office here in Provo, they just got an, uh, a service animal, um, a puppy. So it's mm-hmm. service animal <laughs> training, but it's cool to kind of see that and hear other police departments interested in that work. That's great. And then just with the the sort of the community uh, engagement and public relations, this is a phenomenal um initiative in a sense to get the community connected with the police department. It's been such a complicated time. Um, yes. You know, so like how talk about that, like how how does that really kind of connect? Yeah, I mean, you hear it in the news all the time. It's there's a lot of anti-police going out, um, going there. Um, actually, in this proposal that I presented in our chief, there was a study done um, where law enforcement officers with a canine by their side per- were perceived as more friendlier. Um, I'm not a a sworn law enforcement officer, but I, I mean, I wear the logo and I, um, go out to cases with them and I am very much associated with them. I'm part of the police department. Um, so it's cool having a dog there to kind of break the ice um, with, with the victims of crime, because it is intimidating. Um, and I understand that. I mean, I, I grew up in a law enforcement family but with other people especially if you're coming from another country we have 20 percent of orem our, our city they're they're hispanics or they're spanish speaking um and so that is intimidating because you just don't know what to expect right with right. officers or law enforcement officers from a different country and right absolutely dogs are uh, a good equal <laughs> ground for right, everybody right. that's great Oh, look at her. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> She's trying to build her little here. <laughs> and is there ever any time where like, um, you know, uh, people you've worked with in the past want to come back? Like if there's follow-up at the department and do they want to see you, both of you sometimes too? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a bittersweet feeling when they come back to the police department. Cause I know there's a lot of like emotion feeling. I talk to them over the phone and sometimes I'm like, Hey, how is Hoku doing? Yeah. How's the dog doing? <laughs> um, so not necessarily coming back. She is super new. So I'm sure there'll be, 
the opportunity in the future. But a lot of times they check up over the phone, like, hey, how are how is she doing? She's yeah. growing so big. I usually give like a pound check. Yeah, she's 35 <laughs> pounds this week. So the pound check, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good for dogs, not for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. The growing pup. <laughs> and how fully grown is she now? Is she She's only 20 weeks, so oh, she's wow. still very much a puppy. Okay. Um, she just hit 35 pounds this week. We're excited. They say that they get kind of their um, more accurate weight when they're around nine months, so okay. she might be doubling in that. Right. We'll see. <laughs> and how is she with your, your two children now? She, oh my gosh, I can leave them on the floor. I have pictures of them on the floor, just relaxing, <laughs> touching her. She's so good with kids. Very gentle. Right. Right. So. I love that. It just seems like fate. Um, and I was in an interview you did, um, you said that Hoku, the name means um, star, like a guiding star. And you said, it's not like she's going to be the sun or something like that, or, or even something even brighter like the moon. But um, she's kind of a guidance, guiding star in the presence during such dark times for people. And I yeah. thought that's like this, um, I don't know, it's almost like you put out the self-fulfilling prophecy for, for your family and the dog when you were first thinking about this and naming her. Wow. She's definitely more subtle. You know, people wouldn't expect her to be like, you know, those who are going through homeless issues. She's not this thousand dollar gift, right? She's going to be someone super subtle that makes your day and, you know, that kind of brightens it little by little. Um, and that was kind of the hope, you know, we didn't expect her to be this huge party, but definitely some, uh, a tool, if you, if you will, that gives hope and mm -hmm. that gives this kind of radiation for happy happiness. Right. Right. Well, actually I was going to ask you, I was, I was asked people during the interview, like, what is it that you reach for when you need some hope? I reach towards friends and family and just comforting words. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a very fitting thing that we have Hoku here because she can't speak. Um, she can't, you know, talk us out of anything. She can't give words of advice just a simple, maybe even stare or allowing her to pet her and just her coming closer right. gives that right. same or if not equal value. So, And it's like she strengthens you to go out to give the, the, the bit of extra that you probably always need in your, in your kind of work. Definitely. Yeah, I, love I that. mean, she could very much be my service. Well, that's the thing, right? It, it is everyone, right. Everyone kind of serves each other, one another. Yeah. And okay. I'm going to ask both you and Victoria. So we're in a new year now. What are you thinking about for 2024? Like what, what would you like to put out there to people who have dogs in their lives or, or adjacent to dogs? What is it that um, you're hoping for? And for all of us, for our communities and, and the country in the coming year, kindness, right? And listening. You know, I was working on this grant and it was a really cool grant. They, they were asking, why do you think you should receive the grant? Like what kind of, what kind of lessons will you be implementing with humanity and uh, with humanitarian kindness? Um, and just kind of like how I said before, dogs have no words, mm -hmm. you know, they, you can be in full control of them. They 
are submissive if they are taught correctly, but they are vulnerable creatures, right? Vulnerable to humans and just showing the kindness towards dogs or to another creature that is vulnerable. Um, I think it sets up how you treat other people in real life, right? right? Because other people, they can walk, they can talk, they can get their own food probably. And, you know, that kind of equal, you know, treat animals with respect, treat people with respect, Mm -hmm. kind of on the same um, ground. And you kind of keep building from there. And I think as we keep growing um, our kindness towards different things, different ideas, I think that's where we can get somewhere in the world, you know? Oh, beautifully put. Beautifully put. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would... I would say also, you know, obviously dogs don't have words, as you said, but their language is the language of love. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, they love us unconditionally. As you said, if we treat them with respect, which they certainly deserve, um, we see how valuable dogs are in so many different ways. Working with the police department, that's amazing work. I wish you could come here and speak with us <laughs> yes, in person. Yes. <laughs> um, and just all they do in... Um, promoting confidence in the kids that we work with through Read to a Dog, um, just offering a, a means to de-stress for the kids who are dealing with you know difficult times, whether it's exams or just anxiety in general. Um, they just have so much value. I say all the time, you talk about therapy dogs. I have, I have a dog myself and I say, he's my personal therapy dog <laughs> right, right. Yeah. and we can all benefit so Person much from that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, there's something amazing about, um, again, they're just unconditional love and their trust. Um, and they deserve all the respect that we can give them. And I'm constantly promoting, um, you know, just, having dogs be part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my kids, both at the high school level and the college level, have um, seen what I do, and they, they try to incorporate that in different ways in their daily lives too. So there's just really such a value of having, having these special animals um, in their various capacities be, be part, of, part of our world. Absolutely. Oh, well put. Oh, I just want to thank you both so much for, for just how you, the kind of work you do and, and how you live. And thank you for sharing all of your dogs with us and spending those extra 10, 10 plus minutes with all of us every day. Um, and, and just a happy new year to everybody. I think this is such a beautiful note to start on. So thank you both. Thank you for having thank us. You. So we are so happy today to actually meet one of our own Ridgewood Public Library therapy dogs. We're meeting Carol and her beautiful dog, Liberty, and they are here to read with the family. So Carol, it's so nice to see you today. Hi. Yes, and this is Liberty. Liberty's a therapy dog, so she's gone through training to do different therapy things. And her favorite thing is to go to the library and to have... Um, young students read to her. Wonderful. Excellent. How long have you and Liberty been coming to libraries? Since 2018, we came to Ridgewood Library. So quite a a while. This is her favorite place. (laughs) And children of all different ages, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's wonderful. Does Liberty have any favorite kinds of books? Dog books. Oh, dog books. Okay. But it's okay. You can read a cat book. She'll be fine with it. Oh, let's meet our family over here. Okay, so we can do it. Two ways. You can sit in the chair, 
Or if you want, you can sit on the floor and pet Liberty and read. So it's whatever you're comfortable with, okay? If you want to sit on the chair, you can. But if you want to sit on the floor and give her a pet in between, like, you know, every paragraph or so. Whatever you want, okay? Thank you for listening to A Bend in the Road. We are so glad you stopped by. Please consider subscribing and sharing with friends. Special thanks to Isa Stevens and Hoku for joining us today from the Orem Police Department. To our very own Victoria Schnurr for sharing her experience coordinating the Ridgewood Library's Read to a Dog program, and to Carol and Therapy Dog Liberty. You can find more information about that program at ridgewoodlibrary.org. A Bend in the Road from the Ridgewood Public Library is sponsored by the Friends of the Ridgewood Library and created by a grant from the New Jersey Council for the Humanities, a state partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. A Bend in the Road is written, hosted, and produced by Roberta Panjwani and created by Roberta Panjwani and Diane Sims. Our assistant producers for this episode are Melissa Egan and Elias Rosner. Our editors are Melissa Egan and me, Elias Rosner. Our technical directors and audio engineers are Charles Gallo and Elias Rosner. Original music is written and performed by Diane Sims. Our digital media producer is Elias Rosner. Logo and website created by Parker Gatimus. Audio clips are courtesy of Isa Stevens and KEUR Radio. That's it for today. We hope that you enjoyed our show. We'll see you again after the next Bend in the Road.